Hey, we're so excited for you to listen to our second episode, and I wanted to just give you a little bit of context because our guest that we have on the episode is actually my dad, and me and Cole both so honor and respect him for many reasons, but I will just tell you, he's been married to my mom for over 40 years. They have the most incredible relationship. He's been the most amazing dad. He's my hero. And I wanted you guys to hear from him just because what's happening in the world right now, he is a person who has a gift of faith. And not only that, for over 30 years, he's been speaking into people's lives. He's spoken alongside of world leaders, and he actually has um, a mission statement that says to be a loving leader, mentor, and motivator, and coachivator, which is his word, of biblical excellence that helps people reach their God-given potential. So we just wanted you to hear from him. This is way more of an impartation than it is an interview. We hope that this episode encourages you, and we can't wait for you to listen. For 170 years in America, things have gotten better. No matter what has been happening in our world, no matter how horrible things have been, but you win in life to do two things. If you give people something to respect and God something to work with. If you'll just live by that, what can you do to be stable in an unstable world? Put your faith in God. episode of We Are The Ambroses. I am really excited about this episode because my favorite person ever is on this episode and it's my dad. His name is Keith Kraft. I'm just glad I'm somebody's favorite person. I mean, you're a lot of people's favorite person. I don't, I don't know about that, but it is nice nice to hear that. (laughs) I think it, you know, for us, we wanted you to be the first guest because You've had such a profound impact on the both of us. Um, and for me, it, you know, in seven years, you've had an everlasting impact on my life. Um, you are the blueprint for me as a man. And yeah, I mean, I, I owe pretty much a large majority of who I am to you as a man, to you. So thank you so much for your time, for being willing to come on to discuss the topics that we will discuss. And yeah, we're really excited to jump into this one. So for those of you that don't know my dad, he is now a pastor, but he wasn't a pastor until he was 40 years old. And he spent most of his life traveling the world, speaking, coaching, and was an entrepreneur and a businessman. And so we actually talked about you in our first episode about how you and mom were such an influence to us. But um, we, me and Cole were talking and we were thinking about how like you're the biggest faith person we know and you have like the most wisdom of anyone we know. And there's just so much going on in the world and there's so much fear and there's so much uncertainty. And it seems like it's just a cycle that keeps happening over and over again. So we wanted to kind of talk about this topic with you. Yeah. So just how to be stable in an unstable world. So I think a lot of people can relate to that during these times economically with inflation at record highs. Uh, Just, you know, the cost of goods, gas, basic stuff that everyday people need and use is is um, pretty unstable right now. So, you know, you being somebody who has the gift of faith, truly, like unlike anything I've ever seen, really anything that you say happens, but not just that it happens, but that you truly always believe the best and you always see the best, not only in situations, but also with people. And so I think just being able to talk about 
during these tumultuous times, how people can be stable, how they can find stability, find their footing and not feel like they're just kind of treading water or slipping down this, this slippery slope. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, first of all, thank you guys for, um, for believing what you believe about me. And, um, and I'll, I'll tell you this perspective is really an interesting thing. Um, because perspective can only happen over time. And one of the reasons I have faith is I I have a gift of faith. I, I acknowledge that I have a gift of faith, but, but, but one of the reasons I do have faith is because after 63 years, I've seen the faithfulness of God in my own life and I've seen him come through and I've seen him come through over and over and over and, you know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that we can that we can talk about, but I just want to give that as the foundation. It's sometimes it's like it's like when you're, you know, you, you think about your children, like right now, y'all's children are how old? Three and, three and one. one. Three and one. So they, they've lived three years on the earth, one year on the earth. Every they're discovered every every day. They're discovering something. every day. They're they're uh, new, new experiences. And, and really for a long time, I would say probably, probably until they're in their teenage years. And I, I don't know, I don't know when uh, they will uh, stop being uh, as open-minded and as, as adventurous as they are, uh, because it never has to stop. But for a lot of people, it does stop. And that's one of the, that's one of the things that I really want to emphasize is the longer you live, when you put your faith in God, when you put your trust in God, when you put your hope in God, you see, um, you see ups and downs. You see uh, a lot of different things that you can only see over time. And uh, so I want to just give you a perspective kind of right out of the gate. So many people are concerned about the interest rates right now, for instance. Like, oh, man, the interest rates are so high. Uh, in 1975, when I was 15, the interest rate was 9%. In 1980, when I was 20, the interest rate was 13.7% for first-time home buyers. In 1985, when I was 25, it was 12.4%. So I want you to get that. Like in a five-year period, it was 13 and 12% to get a loan on any home. My first house that I put a loan on, it was, it was a $76,000 house. In today's world, it would, it would probably be a $250,000 house. But, you know, very, very small. Uh, in fact, in the 1950s, the average house in the United States was 938 square feet. In 2019, the average square footage of a house was 2,400 square feet. So think about that. Like, wow. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. But, but when I first bought a house, my interest rate was 14%. So, you know, when, when, you, when you've only lived 20 years, I was 20, 20 years, 21, 22 years old, and I'm, I'm taking out my first mortgage. Well, I don't. I've never seen interest rates that were anything less than that. Didn't even, didn't, didn't even really understand interest rates. 
Well, then by 1990, so in 1990, I was 30 years old. The interest rate was 10%. Uh, by 1995, when I was 35, it was 7%. And Keila, that's when we lived um, in Lancaster during that, that era, okay? In 2000, the interest rate was 8%. In 2005, when I was 45, it went to 5%. I was thinking I have died and gone to heaven. Like I had never lived in an era where so many things had happened and yet the interest rate was up, way up and just kept coming down. And But for five years it would stay and then, then the next five years it would drop some more. In 2010, it went to 4.6%. I was... 50 years old. In 2015, at 55, it went to 3.8%. I was like, man, I was, I was standing in the public court. If you can buy, now why was I saying that? Because I've lived long enough that I've seen interest rates. I mean, it was dropping, 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 dropping. And you guys, you know, you're just coming on the scene, right? I mean, you, you're just coming into like into your adulthood and, and, and this is this is a house. Yeah, yeah. So so then by the time 2020 happened, and in 2020 I was 60, it was 3.1%. And I bought I bought our ranch at 3.1%. It was ours like 2.7. Yeah, ours is two. Yeah, and then it dropped in 2021. When, when, what year did y'all get yours at two two percent? 2020, but it, I guess technically the close it, it would have like been in early 2021. 2021. Yeah. So I want you to think about that. From the time I was 15 until 60 years of age, the interest rate went from 14 percent to for me to 3.1 percent. I'm like, yes. You're like, that's free money. That's yeah. And so, so that's part of my faith. Part of my faith is I've lived long enough to see to it. Yeah. Cycles. And, and Keely, you said it like you, you said something when you were introduced to me, you said, you know, that you've, you've had faith through different cycles and different seasons. It's because I've lived long enough. And also I've, I've logged what has happened. I haven't forgotten. It's in my phone. Okay, and why do, why do I log things like that? Because I remember no matter how bad something seems right now in my lifetime, usually there's been a time when it was worse. And so when you live long enough, that's what that's what that's part of what gives you faith and part of what gives you hope is that wow, if I live long enough, I'm going to see the pendulum go the other way. So again, it's Sorry, huh? I, tell, I told Cole a couple months ago, because, you know, people keep saying they feel like the world's going to end. And I told him, I go, I can't imagine how many times people have felt this in history. Exactly. And you have to you have to live long enough. So with that said, let me give you some other stats. So, again, we're talking about how to how to how to be stable. Right. In unstable times. That's kind of the So I'm laying this foundation because I want people to understand that you, you've got to, first of all, really, really, really put your faith in God, not faith in the economy, not faith in a Republican, not faith in a Democrat, 
not faith in this or that, but really your faith in God. And I'll come back to why America is the greatest country in the world in a minute. But, but and, and those of us who live in America, now there'll be people that watch this that, that maybe be around the world. But in America, one of the one of the things that makes America great, and we'll talk about it, um, is that that in this country, our the increase for everybody has perpetually gone up. So I'm just going back 170 years. So 1850, all right, the U.S. economy uh, was, was at a point where the GDP, and I won't get into a bunch of numbers. I'll, in fact, I'll just jump to it. In, in 170 years in the United States, uh, there has been a 20-fold increase and of, of income, and a perpetual, if you could see it on a graph, and I've got it on a graph in front of me, you could see it on a graph that it's just gone straight up. So think about that. In 170 years, a 20-fold increase, but there's, there's every day people find a reason to be pessimistic. In other words, for 170 years in America, things have gotten better. No matter what has been happening in our world, no matter how horrible things have been, what part of what makes America great is we have a history just from a gross domestic product standpoint of things perpetually getting better. So, so here's what's, here's what's crazy during that same 170 year period. And this is what I hope, this is what I hope gives people hope. And we're going to get to some specifics about how to be stable in an unstable world, but it starts with understanding a little bit of history. It starts with understanding that we live in a country where for 170 years, as long as the GDP has been measured since 1870, it's gotten better and better and better and better, a 20-fold increase. So during that same time where we have increased 20-fold, 1.3 million Americans died while fighting in nine major wars. 99% of all companies that were created in the last seven, 170 years have gone out of business. 99%. Wow. 99.9%. Four U.S. presidents have been assassinated during those 170 years. Talk about dark times. 675,000 Americans died in a single year from a flu pandemic. Not, not COVID, but from the flu. 33 recessions that lasted a cumulative of 48 years in a 170 year period. So what is that almost? A third? Yeah, 40%. So in other words, out of, a, out of 170 years, 50 years, we've been in recession. Right. And yet, 20-fold increase in, 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 a, in the American lifestyle, in the American dream coming to pass, in growing forward, never going back. Uh, the number of forecasters who predicted any of those recessions, zero. Nobody predicted a recession. The stock market fell more than 10% at least 102 times during that time. The stock market now falls a little bit. People, man, sell, 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 get out, get out, get out. 
stocks during that 170 years lost a third of their value at least 12 times. The annual inflation exceeded 7% in 20 separate years. So inflation is at about supposedly three or 4% now, but it's 70 at 7% in 20 separate years. The words economic pessimism appeared in newspapers 29,000 times, according to Google, man, it's, it's a horrible time. There's economic pessimism. It's terrible. And yet our standard of living increased 20 fold, regardless of what was going on in the world. So pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. Now, yeah. Go, go ahead. Anything y'all want to add to that or say about that? I, I just think that it's, it's interesting because when you look at the access, like I, I just think about ordering food on like DoorDash right? Yeah. Or, or yeah. some sort of, you know, like Postmates, Uber Eats. I mean, could you imagine 200 years ago telling somebody that you're going to be able to order food from a device that's more powerful than a computer that fits in your hand? You and they even know what a computer is. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and, yeah, and, they're, and, they're, and they're bringing food to your doorstep. You don't ever, I mean, at, at this stage, you don't, you don't technically really have to leave your house anymore to do anything. The yeah. first, the, the first, listen to this, the first 50 inch television I bought, Kilo was about. Is it a plasma? Those plasma? Kilo, no, it was, it was um, a gigantic, it was gigantic. The box one? It, or it sat on black, the speakers, the speakers were at the huge, bottom. This huge black cabinet. Yeah. $5,000. In today's money, what would that be? Exactly. $5,000. Now listen, so here's what's happened technologically. Here's what technology's done. So we 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 bought a new house in Florida to host our mastermind events that we do, and to get televisions in six bedrooms was less than five thousand dollars. Eighty inch, sixty inch. I mean, what? these are flat screens that can hang on flat your that are smart TVs that can access the whole world. Anyway, so, so, so listen to this. So again, what is it, what is it that makes America great? And, and I'm just telling you, Americans especially have no excuse to just feel like, oh, it's doom and gloom. Times are so hard. Oh man, America is the richest nation in the history of the world. But listen to this. A recent Gallup poll of 150,000 people in 140 countries found that about 45% of Americans felt a lot of worry mm, the previous day. So in other words, the, the question was, have you been worrying? 45% of the respondents, yes, a lot of worry. Now listen to this. The global average for worry is 39%. 55% of Americans said they felt a lot of stress the previous day. The rest of the world, 35% felt a lot of stress. So here we are in the greatest country in the world, 
worrying more than anybody else in the world, stressed out more than anybody else in the world. And we have a 170 year track record of perpetual greatness and things just continue to go up and up and up. And so anyway, I, I wanted to just lay that foundation just to put everybody at ease because the younger you are, the less you know about cycles. Right. And, and so here's what I would say to the older people and to the younger people, regardless of where you are in your life right now, number one, like we said, what can you do to be stable in an unstable world? Put your faith in God. Number two, realize that you live in the greatest country in the world. I don't care what CNN says, what Fox says, what administrations say. We have the greatest country in the world. And no matter what the naysayers are going to say, guess what? I've done this my whole life. We're just going to keep winning. We're just going to keep winning. We're going to keep proving all your theories wrong. And we're just going to keep winning, you know? So uh, quick, quick story about John D. Rockefeller. John D. Rockefeller, every, you know, everybody that's an American, I would think would know about him. I'm sure there are some that if you did street interview, who's John D. Rockefeller. But uh, John D. Rockefeller, listen to this. He was known as a recluse. They, they didn't talk about introverts at that time, but he was, he was an introvert. And he spent most of his time by himself. He hardly, he rarely spoke. He deliberately made himself inaccessible. He stayed quiet and everybody noticed it. And so when he was asked about his silence one time, here's what he said. A wise old owl lived in an oak. The more he saw, the less he spoke. And the less he spoke, the more he heard. Why aren't we all like the wise old bird? So here's what happens. People get worried and they start spewing it. People get stressed. They start talking about it. And, and there's an old hymn that says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. It's if we can really understand that, man, we have a massive advantage. And the massive advantage is that if you know God, you, you're, you're privileged. You, you have the hand of God on your life. If you live in America, your privilege more than any other, but yet we worry more, we stress more. And here's what Rockefeller uh, did. And this is, this is where and I, I'm saying this because this comes around to me being calling myself a think coach. Like I've, I've taken a lot of time in my life to think I've taken a lot of my time to personally grow and develop. What can you do that, 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 will bring stability in an unstable world, you can get better. You can grow better all the time. And that's, I've made a decision. That's, I'm going to be that kind of person that's going to grow better all the time. It doesn't matter what's happening. So it may look like things are growing worse. I'm growing better. I'm, I'm going to grow better. I encourage everybody to grow better. I encourage you to understand that God's given you an ability to grow better. You know, I, I, you guys have heard me say this probably hundreds of times. But you win in life to do two things. If you give people something to respect and God something to work with. If you'll just live by that. If you'll just live by that. And, 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 and then just boil it down to this. Give people something to respect, but also give people something to work with. You know, not just God, but give people something to work with. So when, the reason I'm saying that is because 
John D. Rockefeller said something that resonates so strong with me. And what we're doing right now in our family, and I won't go too much into this, but we're following a Rock Rockefeller model for generational wealth that we're creating in our in our own family. And uh, again, we've been we've been in this process for several several years. So regardless of what's happening or what could happen in the world, I'm hedging against the instability that may be coming by making financial decisions today uh, in, in planning for generational wealth for my family. So in other words, looking at, looking at um, on one hand, what's called worst case scenarios. In other words, in your, like part of, part of the way I, I stay optimistic is I prepare my mind and I prepare my body and I prepare my thought processes and I prepare, um, and I would just say really psychologically more than anything else, a worst case scenario, but a better way of saying it would be a margin of safety. In other words, in a worst, in a worst case scenario, if you can play out a worst case scenario financially in your life, if you can play out a worst case scenario of something that happens and then use what I call pre-decision. That's what he says, well, you never know like how you'll be when certain things happen, like, you know, if like Keila, if your mother passed away before me, I, I can't just pre-decide, oh, here's how I'm going to be. It would it would take me to a depth I've never known. I, I understand that about death and about things like that. But I'm talking about there's 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 really only one thing that you can focus on when things seem so unstable, and that is on what you can control. So there's uncontrollables and there's controllables, and you have to look at your life. Okay, what can we control? What can we control? Um, and uh, so with that said, John D. Rockefeller said this. He said, I've decided that my job is not to drill wells. These were all things that he did. Drill wells, load trains, move barrels. But my job is to think and to make good decisions. So that's another thing that I'm following uh, John D. Rockefeller in. It's like, you know what? My job is to not not to think based on in, in a reactive way, based on what people are saying that's happening in the world, but think, okay, what can I what can I control? What what do I need to be focusing on for my family? Not just for my family now, but for my children, my children's children, and my and and children's children, children's children's children. I mean, I'm thinking that far in advance because I can do that. And anybody can. Anybody can. So it's 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 deciding how am I going to live my life when things are so unstable? Like I remember I was in a mastermind one time and I'm going to pause so you guys can ask questions or we can talk about anything you want to talk about. But um, I was in a mastermind one time and there was a guy that was doing almost 400 million in a year in business. And I remember looking across the table at him and I said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I, I think God's telling me to tell you this. You need to cut right now. He just looked at me. I said, because he had uh, over 2000 employees. He had millions and millions of dollars worth of equipment. I said, you just need to cut right now because uh, you're, you're doing your business like you're going to always be able to do your business the way you're doing your business. And that's, 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 that is a rut that people get in. They think their business is always going to be at a certain point. You know, I just had my best year financially. It's 2024. 
2023 of my life. Um, I mean, it, it was the, but it, it doesn't mean that it'll, it'll always be that way. So did my lifestyle increase when I was at my best year? No. And that's a mistake that most people make. And that's why they feel unstable. They, they don't make decisions based on, again, a margin of safety or worst case scenario when things are happening. Uh, but anyway, so I just think everybody can do what John D. Rockefeller did. Like I see, I see people and I see things as templates. He said, I'm going to think and I'm going to make wise decisions. I'm going to make good decisions. And then the last thing before we move on is this is a really interesting stat that I just came across. 38% of all jobs now are designated as managers, officials, or professionals. And so what that means is 38% of all jobs require more thinking than doing. And then another stat that's really interesting is 41, 41% of all jobs rely both on your thoughts and your actions. So if you just add those two things, how critical is your thinking as it relates to your job? How critical is your thinking and getting help in your thinking? How critical is it that, that when you think, wow, what do I need to spend more time doing? Thinking more about what you need to be thinking about. What do I need to be doing more? Thinking more about not like, well, how can I make more money? No, how can I think better and think better about things that I need to be thinking about? So again, I just think when it comes to stability, that those are real action steps that people can do. And I'll just go, I'll kind of go back through it. Number one, put your faith in God. And if you don't know how to do that, Keela and Cole can tell you how to do that. That if you've never had a relationship with God, if you've never allowed God to be in control of your life, that's where it starts. Uh, and then I think the next thing is to really focus on what you can control. What is it that you can control? And then understand that probably the job you have is going to require more thinking than it is anything else. And make margin in your life to think better about some of the things that you know you need to be thinking better about and don't just be head down butt up and that's the way I approach money too and again that's a whole nother deal but the way I approach money is you know I've always had savings and I've always put back money for retirement because I've always been thinking about the future and that's how I became a millionaire about almost 40 years old only making eighty thousand dollars a year so anyway I'm going to stop but that's that's just that was just out of the gate. Well, I'll just say this has been very encouraging for me <laughs> because Good. I feel like, I feel like in general, okay, like especially in America, so much is about projections and what people feel. And I don't, I don't want to be like too intense by saying this because I don't think that we're the only ones that encounter this, but I do think that there's like there's been since 2020, in my opinion, a lot of demonic agendas Absolutely. That, I agree. Have been, that have been released. And I know for me, like I was talking to Cole today, just about how just different things, like I'm even having to fight through and battle through in my own mind because just because of, and we don't even watch the news like that. Like we're not engaging in 
other people's projections, you know, but just what you feel. And right. I think if you're a person who knows God, you can tap into certain things, like even what's going on right now and just the Middle East areas and just the unrest, even in our own city, like stuff that I've seen that's happening. And I don't know, like, I just don't like the way it feels. I don't like yeah. feeling yeah. that feeling in my own country. And I've never felt this way. And so, because like what you're saying with cycles and different stuff like that, you know, I, I actually saw these, uh, this like picture slideshow thing on social media. And it was talking about even how like free women were in the middle East in the seventies and in the sixties and, and getting into the eighties and then in the nineties and in the two thousands, how it started coming back to like olden times, but they were like at work and they were dressed completely normal and they looked free. And it's like, how is it that as we're progressing, things like that are going backwards. And there's so much confusion There's just so much confusion and there's so many like sides that don't have the full story because people get their news and they get their information from social media and from what they feel. And I just, I don't know, like I have been like in a place where I'm like, I don't like the way the world feels right now. Right, right. Well, here's the thing. Here's what you have to realize. And I think, and again, I think anybody can do this um, because, and I can't tell you when this mindset happened for me, but I can tell you it was in my teenage years. It was like, I looked at the outside world. I looked at the family I was in, for instance, and I thought, okay, like this is, this is how this is. And I didn't feel great about it. Like I, I felt very similar about my family uh, when I was a teenager that you feel about our country now, because I thought it's going in the wrong direction. I mean, with my parents or that, and, that, and that's, that's your world, right? I mean, that's your, so, so what, what I've been able to do to help myself, to encourage myself, is to know that's what I can always do. So whether in the concentric circles, you know, you've got you've got you, right? Which that's what makes self-leadership so important. Most important thing, most difficult thing you ever do is lead yourself, especially when things around you you don't feel like it, it doesn't seem right. But what's got to be right is you on the inside. So I look at what's happening out there and and I love what uh, Ephesians 1 says, and it says it in the message Bible better than in any other version, in my opinion, as far as it's speaking to me, it says the, 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 the church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. And so you have to see yourself like that. Everything that I see is peripheral to me. I'm not peripheral to that. In other words, I'm not going to be the, um, I'll make what, let's put it this way. I'll make whatever sacrifices I need to make to have peace of mind. I'll make whatever sacrifices I need to make to be healthy spirit, soul, and body. And that's what I mean when I say focus on what you can control because your real world, like your real world. So I'm going to give you a, a best case scenario and a worst case scenario. Your real world is the family. First of all, the marriage you create. And then your children observe this, like they observe two parents that love each other. They observe, they, they and, and, and here there's all this hate in the world. There's all kind of wars and, and people getting killed. Like I, like I read over the last 170 years, it's like all the, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people have died in war. Hundreds of thousands of people have died in pandemics, pandemics, scamdemics. I mean, there's been all kinds of craziness, craziness that's happened. But how you don't let that stuff get in you, it's, it's real 
but it's peripheral to you. So what you do is you focus on your marriage. And this is what I did in our family, Kilo. I focused on our marriage. I focused on our family. I said to our family, what we do, we're going to do together. Why? Because I was creating my world. And I think if people could really realize that, it's like we're not subject to these other worlds people are creating. Like, like the flux of what, you, of what you're saying, for instance, even in the Middle East, where they weren't wearing burqas and they weren't all, you know, uh, dog, dogmatized by, by Islam in a certain season. It was all based on who the leadership was then. That's the bottom line. And so when these different leaders come into power, it changes what's happening in the world. But what doesn't change is what's happening in me. What doesn't change is what's happening in my family. What, what doesn't change is what's happening in the tribes that I choose to be aligned with. And again, that was one of my even main reasons in the context of the church world. Like as you guys were coming up, I was thinking, where do I want my kids to be in church? Like what, what kind of church do I want my kids to be in? And so my point is I've spent my life creating the marriage that I want. Now for my life, I help people in their marriages. I've spent my life building a great family. Now I help people build great families. In my life, I built a tribe, Elevate Life Church, to that we call the incubator of greatness. Why? Because I want to be around people who value the same things. So that's what I would say to not only encourage you, but to encourage everybody that when you see all this stuff out there, good, going back to John D. Rockefeller, he was not, people, you know, they, they criticized him because he was a recluse. They criticized him because he had less than a third grade education. They criticized all this stuff. And what he was doing is he was thinking, I'm going to think, I'm going to make wise and good decisions. And today the Rockefeller family is still one of the wealthiest families in the world. Well, and it's almost, yeah. And it's almost a secret. And the reason it is, is because they focus on the Rockefellers. Yeah. They focus on the Rockefellers so much. They changed all of America to get their wealth. Exactly. And people can, Hey, people can agree or disagree with, but the bottom line is I'm telling you, that's what the power, every person that's listening to this podcast, you, me, that's what we have the power to do. So when things are so bad out there, here's what we do. We focus on what's so great here that we're building, that we're establishing that I guarantee you, God will use us. His he will add his super to our natural to help us influence the world at some point. Like I said, you've got to live long enough to do it. There's got to be this, these cycles of, you know, it's like, it's like when things are getting darker, you know that there's a great light that's coming. It's like, it just really is true. And so that's what you have to focus on. And you, you have to just not like, even when you say you don't watch the news, when, when people say that, it's not like, well, we don't watch the news, so we don't know what's going on. No, we just we just get our news that's right news. We don't get news that's slanted. We 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 read, we discover ourselves what's going on without it being interpreted. Okay. Have, you seen, have you seen that news clip where hundreds and hundreds of news stations are saying the exact same story in the exact same oh, way? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like they're so scripted, you're not even getting the actual news most right. of the time. You're getting your base information. To, to, to really hit on this subject of, of being stable in an unstable world is to, is to work on what makes the world greater. Yeah. What makes America great? What makes 
anything great. In other words, now going outside in the world, America, the church, the family, the marriage, the man, the woman. It's like that's how it, that's how it affects outwardly. So I've just always had, well, I have a, a, a biblical worldview and I'm concerned about touching the world and reaching the world. My main focus has been on having a great marriage, having doing everything I can do to be a great person for God, uh, being a, striving to be a great dad, striving to be a great leader. And that's what keeps me positive. That's what keeps me optimistic because I'm not just looking at what's happening out there that it seems like I can do nothing about because what I can do, I can be a great husband. I can be, be, be a great I man. I can it feels be. so big. I think it feels so big to people that they, yeah. it seems so overwhelming. And that's where I feel like people like Americans get so stressed because the truth is, I mean, we haven't even been a country that's been around for very long. And yeah. so, because we've seen this perpetual growth and this perpetual increase, even though there's been a lot of hard times throughout that, yeah. we really don't know what it's like to live in like a third world country. And we right. really don't know what it's like to struggle. Right. And so when we do face struggle and we do face hard times, it's very hard to see what's the bigger picture on that. And I think, I think something that's so good that it correlates to even the people who I would see as like evil is a lot of times like evil people have the long play. And that's why, you know, certain agendas make it through is because it's a long play. It's not like, oh, let's fix it right now. And for some reason, we forget that being a great person and like following God and being a great wife and husband and building great, great children, that's what changes the world. And that's what right. changes your nation. Because if there's no great people left in America and everyone comes from the outside and wants to change America, then America is not going to be America anymore. It's just right. going to be another thing. And the thing that's made America great is like what you're saying, the people like the Rockefellers who they thought about being a great family and they thought right. about doing something great, which truthfully, like they've changed the medical industry. They've, right. changed, they've changed medicine. They've changed yes. the food industry. They've changed right. things, but that's because they were focused on their family. They weren't focused on America. Right, right. And that's and and so that's that's what I would say. I mean, to encapsulate uh, this thought, it's it's that what what can a person think right now in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the instability? How do we need to be thinking? We need to be thinking. Everything starts with me. Like that's that's the way I see it. And that's not egotistical. It's not arrogant. No, my world is my world. My world is not Joe Biden's world. My world is not Obama's world. My world is not uh, Trump's world or anybody else's world. And again, this is part, I'm just telling you too, and whether people like him or not, what I'm telling you that I do, Trump does the same thing with his family. He focuses on his, they drag him into court. They can say whatever they want. But you know what? Line up Trump's family with Biden's family. What's been the focus? It hadn't been a, a perpetual political career. No, it's been building a family, all of your children being in your businesses legally and, you know, on and on and on. And, and so again, I, I don't just want to get into that, but I'm just showing you great people that have accomplished great things to even, to even have the thought process, make America great again. That's somebody that's thinking about greatness. 
And I would just say that to every person, look at anybody that's done anything great. And just because they may not be as likable as you would like them to be, or they don't have the right personality that just gels with you. Uh, you know, like, like I said, Sunday, I just thought it was so funny, you know, uh, for our, for your, for your audience, I'd, I'd ask our church, uh, what is it that makes a person great? When you think about somebody great, when I ask your mother that, she goes, yeah. well, I just think somebody that's kind. I just, you know, I said, and I just thought it was so funny and, and, and sweet and wonderful, but, but there's a lot more than kindness to greatness. I mean, if you, it, kindness is not going to, it's not going to change the world. It's not going it, to, it's going to help. And it's going to bring a good feeling, certainly in the midst of meanness. But I'm just saying, it's like if people could really just focus, and that's what I want to kind of leave everybody with, like just focus on you getting better, focus on what you can control, focus on if you're married, getting your marriage better, focus on having the kind of family that you want. Why? Because that's going to, that's going to impact people. It's going to impact people. And, uh, and so just, and, and again, while it may seem myopic, it's not it's strategic. It's like, no, I'm focusing on what I can control. So let's make, let's make me great as great as I can be for the glory of God. Let's make my marriage great. Let's make my family great. And then whatever I set my hand to do that, add, that helps to add value to people's lives, then maybe it'll help them on their greatness journey as well. Yeah. I think that, that's so good because naturally when things get hard and, you know, I don't know, it's hard for me to fully truly comprehend like even like what's happening with the dollar and the economy. I just know my house payments higher, the food costs a lot more. <laughs> like I know what I feel, you know, and then I know like the general feeling that I feel just around my life, you know um, it's like, I have this great side, you know, cause I do, obviously I, go to church and I love God and I love my family. But then it's like that other side of like, you can't rely on who's in office. You can't rely on what necessarily policies are happening or what passes in the Supreme court. Like you can't put your hope in that. And I think a lot of Christians, like they don't want to be involved in like political things or they don't want to deal with those kind of things. But then they don't also like deal with their family and they don't deal with themselves and they don't, they don't focus on the right thing. So then they're, they lose their entire main focus. They should be focusing on, you know? And yeah. I, I, I think there's so many people that think I just got to go to work and I got to get money. And then when you're a Christian and your focus becomes just money, you lose the whole point of why God brought you here and why you yeah. have a family in the earth. Why yeah. would he bring you with a family in the earth? God's always done things through families. Always. Yeah. Always. Always. So again, that's that's the basis of it. I think is just a, one of the greatest things you can do in unstable times, but all the time, is you be stable. One of the greatest things you can do when things are unstable is to look at your life and say, okay, what do we need to be doing? Or maybe what do we need to cut? Or maybe what do we need to cut back on? Or maybe, you know, in other words, that's why I've always made margin and I, and I encourage people to live by margins. Uh, you know, I added this up recently, and this is the first time I've ever shared it publicly, but I've, I've always said that, that the, the goal that I had was to do what J.C. Penney did, regardless of what was happening in the world, this has been my whole life, is I wanted to, to be able to live on 10% or less of our income. And uh, when we, this year, when we ran the numbers, 
for the first time, we're under 10%. We live on less than 10% of our income. And it's just, it's no, it's, 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 it's actually in the most unstable time in my personal life in American history with what's going on with, especially since 2020, like you said, uh, Keila, it's become so unstable. It's like, because of, of my focus on, on again, what, what my vision was, what my goals are. And again, that's what I'm telling everybody, what your, what your goals, what your core values are, being focused on your marriage, being, being focused on yourself, being focused on your family and anything that's in your world, forget that world out there, but just focus on this and then, and don't allow that to, to, to influence you or to even cause you to stress one day. Because if you can hug your child, if your child doesn't have some type of major disease, if you haven't had a loved one that's died, uh, I had a friend recently that uh, their 18 year old son committed suicide. I mean, I can't imagine anything more horrific than that. You know, like if you're, if you, you just, again, back to counting your blessings, it's like, wow, when everything seems so unstable, wow, this, and this is what I live in. It's not Pollyannish. It's, it's faith, hope, and love, literally of saying, God, I can't control that, but I can control this. And the more that stuff gets out of control, the more I've always focused on what I can control. And because of that, I'm just telling you, it gives me peace, you know? And, uh, and so that's, that's how, that's how I stay joyful. That's how I stay happy. That's how I stay hopeful. And, and not ever just thinking in my mind, like, like, Oh man, what if this happens or what if this doesn't happen or what if, what if, no, what can I do? What can I make happen? You know? And so again, everything that I'm doing is future focused. It is not what's happening in the world focused. You know what I mean? So so that's what I would encourage. So I would just ask you one thing. Yeah. If, like you're talking about even what happened with your friend. And I know like I've talked to some of my friends that are Jewish and I've talked to just some different people that are struggling right now. Like, what would you tell somebody if they feel like the instability has come knocking at their door? It's not just out there, but it's like in their life right now. Yeah. Well, again, I'm just telling you what I do. I focus on what I can do. I mean, what, what, what can I do? And Sometimes that's if you come to a point like David did in scripture where they'd gone out and they were fighting against uh, an enemy and and enemies came and ravaged their 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 families and took their families hostages hostage. And uh, and that, you know, everybody always wants to blame somebody. So they, they all David's own men blamed him and. Uh, and wanted to kill him and he had to encourage himself. So at the, at the, at the worst, at the worst points of your life, when instability comes knocking on your door, like you said, you have to encourage yourself. And one of the ways I encourage myself every day is I get in God's presence and I worship every day. I spend time every day, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's with my exercise, you know, uh, like seven days a week, I don't do cardio. But when I do hit hit cardio, 
usually at least four times a week, sometimes five times a week, sometimes six times a week, hardly ever seven times a week, but, but always at least four times. I know four or five days I'm getting into God's presence that way. And then in my car, you know, I did that today. Like I, uh, I just, I, I got in, I'm in our home in Colorado and I, got in the car and just had to run to the store. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to worship for a few minutes. And that's what I did. Just in my car, just worship God. And so there's, it's, it's so hard to understand how uh, meaningful that is to your spirit, man. When you do that, how your emotions come into line, alignment with that. And I know it sounds super spiritual, but it's not. It's like, sometimes that's, that's what you've got to do. You just got to, you got to get into God's presence. Well, the Bible says that he sees things higher and knows things higher. And he's always trying to get us to think that way. And I think when people say getting in God's presence, when you say those examples, I think it helps because people are like, how do you do that? You know, I don't, I don't know how people do their life without God. I don't either. I don't don't know how they're making it through times like this without God. But I think that that's what, what really helps you to see that different perspective is because we are spirit before we are ever human. Yeah. And because we know that we can walk with a different authority because, you know, even even when our life is over on this earth, we have a calling beyond here yeah. and so on a level. It's not over even when it's over. And that's like our whole message together. That's why we called what we're doing. We are the Ambroses because our last name means immortal. So you can be immortal. Wow. Like yeah. when, you, when you receive Jesus in your heart, you get to understand that you're immortal. You get to understand yeah. that you're not bound by the rules and the, and the wakings and the news of the earth. Like you get to actually look at what God's reality is and apply that to your life. You get to apply his knowledge, his wisdom. And I think that that's what I've seen. That's so inspiring about your life. Even though I've been your daughter, as long as I've been alive, I'm almost 35 and I don't like saying that, but I, every time I talk to you or you talk about something because you do have this gift of faith and because you are so connected with God, I feel like I'm always inspired by it because you're not affected by the things that affect normal people because you're seeking out God's perspective on it. And yeah. I think most people don't do that because they're just listening to what they're feeling or yeah. what's being told to I them. Mean, I, like I do feel it upsets me what's happening in the world. It upsets me when we have horrible leadership like we do right now in this country. It's very upsetting to me, but I'm just saying what I come back to is I live this way. I don't live this way. And when you really realize that, so I said, I was going to give you two scenarios a while ago. So one being the scenario, here's your family, you and Cole, you know, you're, you're seven years in and you've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and, and there's a lot of great things in your life right now. Um, Worst case scenario, other scenario. So, so again, we're thinking about all the stuff that's happening in the world, right? Well, what if your son has a problem, you take him to the doctor and you find out he's got cancer? Now, where's your focus? Your focus is on your child. Your focus is on your world. Your focus is using every resource you have, everything, your time, your, to get him well and to get him whole, right? So that's what pe- I want you to really hear what I'm saying. That's what people do in worst case scenarios, but they don't do it in the best case scenarios. Yeah. Like we're you focus like like too often times by default we're focused on the problems we're focused on the emergency we're focused on the urgency of a moment rather than say no listen let's let's like 
right now, I mean, that I, I can't tell you when this started happening in my marriage, but it was early when I would just say, you know, I've talked to you guys about this. Like if I was like, if I could hear myself being a way that I did, that I as a person forget what your mom wanted to see in me. If I heard myself talking away or acting in a way, I would stop myself and go, I, I am, I am, I am not doing that. So words, that's what I'm talking about. Focusing on your world, making your world better and all the stuff that makes us upset. And, and the reason it makes us upset is because we care. Like we care about the world. We want to make a difference in the world, but I don't have a chance at making any difference in the world. If I'm not working on my own personal greatness, if I'm not working to have a great marriage, if I'm not working to have a great family, if I'm not, if I'm not. So most people, they get focused on their family when there's a problem. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of the instability that's coming from the world right now is that when you have a lack of belief in God, you don't have a, you have a belief in something. You don't, you don't just not believe in God. You believe in something. And that's why I think you're seeing people band together in what's going on, you know, in the Middle East with Israel and Palestine, what you saw happen in 2020 in our country, people latch on to movements because they don't believe in God. So they have to right. something. Right. Gotta get, they've got to get by. Yeah. So they've got to get behind some sort of movement because that becomes their God. And right. so I think what we're seeing and why things feel so unstable is because I feel like for the first time in a long time, maybe not ever in the history of our country. But for the first time in a long time, I think we are we are we are as far away from God as we've been in a long time. And yeah. so when that happens, there has to be a replacement. Part of, and part of the reason that that is because of technology. So it, it's not that it hasn't happened before, but technology's made it where everybody knows about it more. You know, evil is evil. It's always been evil. And um, and again, I think. I'm not sure I, I can just give specific handles beyond what I've what I've given, um, because, again, it, it all comes back to what makes America great is not the systems. It's not democracy. Those are all it's all a part of it. The governance, that's all a part of it. But what makes America great is what makes anything great. And that's the people. So it's the it's the. It's, it's the dream. You know, you talk about the American dream. Well, why, why do we even talk that way? Why do we talk about the American dream? Because somebody at some point said the American dream is. So somebody who's a dreamer said that for the first time, you know. And so, so to, to even think that there is some type of American dream, it's not that America has made that possible, but the people who have, have been under this governance have been the ones that have, have made it possible because of freedom. You know, that's the reality. So again, I just think we have a, 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 an amazing chance as Americans, no matter what's happening, there's still at least 50%, there's more, but at least 50% of Americans that pretty much hold to what we value. And, and there's, there's others that, that may not, but, but it doesn't, I think, I think in Israel, this has been proven in Israel. It will be proven in the future in Israel um, and in the world. It's so hard to calculate how important God's super is in our natural. As long as you're a believer, you have access to the supernatural part of God that you can't explain. It's unexplainable. Uh, 
true hope comes from God. Hope doesn't come from any political system or agenda or people. It's like, it comes, so true love comes from God. That's why we've already said on this podcast, that that's why it's so difficult to even fathom people who don't have that relationship with God, which is why it's so important that people that do have a relationship with God, let their light so shine before men that they see our good works and they glorify God because of it. So I'm not sure there's anything that's just a handle as much as it is. I would encourage everybody that's listening to this to do what, what we, what, what I've been saying. And that is to just think, first of all, how can I be great for God? Think if I'm in, how can I have a great marriage? How can I have a great family? How can I have a great life? How can I have great finances? Doesn't mean I make a lot of money, but what I do with my money is going to determine a lot of things. So regardless of the, the devaluation of the dollar, regardless of inflation, all these things, uh, the, the bottom line is there's always something you can do to, uh, to uh, get better yourself. You know, I mean, I, I'm just saying that's the way I've lived my life. And I know, again, to some people that may not resonate, but just try it. That's all, can, you know, that's all I can say about that. Well, and I think, I think that that's good because you have life proof of it and yeah. You know, people might not know who you are, but one of the things we always want to do with our episodes is we want to be able to provide people with a resource. And so one of the things that we're going to do with this episode is we'll put together an actual like document with some of these points that you're saying that they could have as handles. Um, and maybe I'll even get that graph from you about the progress. that yeah, sure. made. Um, But then I'll also make sure that they get uh, your website, which is keithcraft.com, where they can find some resources. I know you've done a mastery series. You have different coaching things that you do. You have different resources that they can be a part of. And I think that one of the best things that you can do is resource yourself and learn from someone who's lived it and that has yep. life proof. And so sure. one of the things we just want to do is be able to give, give people something they can take away from this and apply it to their life. So, yeah, yeah. Well, good. Well, it's been an honor to be with you, baby. I'm glad. I'm glad I got to got to share this time with you guys. And I know again, it's not it's not Pollyannish. It's not just some kind of quick fix thing. But I'm just telling you, if you think about if you think about the world out there, think about your world. Focus on your world, and it will minimize the the angst. It will minimize the the worry, it'll minimize the stress of that out there because you're saying, you know what, let's, let's have, let's, let's be great people. Let's, let's make, let's make our world that we live in a better place. Let's make sure we're part of a tribe that's, that's, uh, that's wanting to be great. You know, that yeah, just other people that want to be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. You don't have because, a great family, be around other yeah, people that want to be great. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, so anyway. one of the things that we do to end uh, every episode, I wanted to ask you if you would do it for us. But one of the things we do every time to end our episodes is we just want to like pray for people. Yeah. So like, whatever we talked about, just like pray specifically for that thing that God would help them with it or that, you know, just encourage them. So if you wouldn't mind, would you pray? Yeah, sure. So, Father, I just thank you, first of all, just for the privilege of living in this time in, in world history. God, I thank you that you have, you've chosen us. You've chosen us to live for such a time as this, just like you did for, with Esther, 
Lord, just like you've, you've done throughout history. And God, you knew what was going to be happening in the world. And you knew the sons and daughters. You knew the families that you would want to have in the earth for such a time as this. And God, so I just want to honor you, Lord, for, for, for trusting us enough that we could steward your kingdom during these, these unstable, during these difficult times. And Lord, that hopefully uh, you will allow us to point people towards you and point people towards, towards not only your love, your forgiveness, but also hope. And God, I'm just reminded of Jeremiah 29, 11 that says, God, you said, I know the thoughts I have towards you to give you a future and a hope and an expected end. And so, Lord, we, we don't just listen to the news. We don't take our cues from the news. We, we listen to the word of God. We take our cues from the word of God. And so I just, I just speak peace over every person that hears this podcast. I speak hope. God, I pray that you would just stir hope and God courage and a spirit of grit so that they would focus on what they can control. And that's themselves and that they would choose to, to get better, choose to grow in their greatness, that they would choose to have a great marriage. If they're married, they would choose to, to create a great family, Lord, that we would not be so focused on the part of the world that we can't control, but focus on what we can control and who we can control. And that starts with ourselves. And so, Father, I just thank you for the opportunity that we have again to, to not only be your sons and daughters, to be your family in the earth for such a time as this, but that you love us that much, that you trust us that much, and God, that you've given us precious promises and you've empowered us to be able to make an amazing difference in this world that you created for your glory. Father, I just speak a blessing over every person. I pray, God, that regardless of what's going on in their life right now, that, God, you would be their protector. God, that you would be their, the Bible says, rear guard. You would, you would guard the parts of them that, that they can't guard. Lord, that you would surround them with your love, surround them with your blessing. And God, I just pray that even as a result of this podcast, that you would do something this next week, that you would show up in their life in a miraculous way and that they would say, truly, this was God. So Lord, raise everybody's level of awareness so that they're looking for the goodness of God because you are a good God. We thank you for, for this time we've had together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us. Cole had to keep right. sleeping out because Kaylin kept waking up. It's nice yes. time while we're doing this podcast right now. Yes. You got to take care of the kids sometimes. You do. You're focusing on your world. And that's what is so important. So. True, but I'm so honored that you were on there with us. And I love you. I love you too. And I'm honored to get to, to just that we get to do life together and that we get to encourage people to build their world, build their life, build and not, not be so focused on what they can't control, but just focus on what you can control. Be kind to each other, love each other, forgive each other quick, get over stuff quick, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrap, just focus on what you can control. All things and then I it, have to work on. <laughs> well, we all have to work on that. 
but, but also, you know, it's just like even financially, just just being a person that 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 doesn't waste money, that 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 really makes margin to put God first with your money, makes margin to to pay down debt. I mean, that's what I'm that's what I'm doing too. That you guys you guys know some of what I do, but you don't even know of everything I do. But while I'm building stuff, I'm also always paying debt down. So especially in good times, when, when there's good times, you pay debt down. And when things are tough, then maybe you can only pay your bills. And then maybe you have to go even get a different kind of job or something in, in a difficult time or, 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 you know, go to one car rather than two cars. You do whatever you have to do to make it work. And so, again, there's just always something you can do to make your life better. And more importantly, based on the context of our conversation, to make your world better. If we'll make our worlds better, it'll make the world better. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So much for your time, Pastor. We really appreciate it more than you know. So thank you. I'm glad y'all are part of my world. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to check out all of our resources at wearetheambroses.com. And follow us on all social platforms at wearetheambroses.com.